0: Okay, welcome to the first session of Simply the Best Podiatry. These are short podcast sessions delivered to create and enhance your best podiatry practice. These sessions will be uh, clear and concise and focus on what can help you in your practice daily, keeping things uh, simple and with information that you can uh, touch on through your working week quite easily. A focus on simple, clear advice to assist you, the podiatrist, to be the best you can. And I suppose that's what what we're going to talk about, is how can you improve and how can you be the best you can in your podiatry practice. I am ably joined and co-hosted with John Osborne, Private Practitioner and the Trobe University PhD candidate. Morning, John.
1: Morning, young Jason. Uh, it's uh, it's great to be here. The weather's not helping us, but no one cares because we're on a podcast. It's great. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. But it's great to do this with you. Uh, we did another session last week um, for another matter, which went really well. And I have to say, I really enjoyed it. And that's what spruked the idea of Simply the Best podiatry and And i think uh,
1: that was great
0: well i think we touched on matters um, in a very clear way about how to run um, different aspects of your practice and that's what we came to let's put this up and help others and be really clear and simple um, with our information i suppose the next thing to say is who is this for It's for all the podiatrists out there, young, um, new grads, or even the most experienced people who have been in practice for decades. And I think with the two of us, I'm very practice-based and very practical. um, Where you have that research background will probably be a great loggerhead over different issues, differences of opinions. (laughs) Uh, Possibly, but healthy,
1: uh, I healthy, think, we've got, I no, think I we've got a good balance. I think we've got a good balance. And, and I, I think that there's, I mean, we often think about things as being divided into being new practitioners or old practitioners, or you only do sports, or you only do general. At the end of the day, yeah, both our backgrounds in musculoskeletal medicine, and that's probably the majority of what we'll cover, but, um, everybody learns something from everything. And, and that's part of, I think, what I learned catching up with you last week before we got onto this is that we all learn something from each other. And, and that's that's the key. And if we can keep it simple and concise, even better.
0: Exactly. And, and for all the uh, students, you know, this should be something to lean on as well and lend an ear to. It will be kept short and concise because we don't want to... I get bogged down with different issues and some of these sessions might be a little longer than others, but we do want to keep it um, really simple and clear so you've got tips to use on your Monday morning as soon as you walk into your rooms. Yeah. So can I ask you to start off with, and in just introducing you, can you tell me or tell the listeners what you do in your working week, both from a practice point of view and from your research
1: um, work? All right. So I probably spend three days a week in clinic, and then I'll spend two days a week uh, doing research. So my three days a week in clinic is would be a, a 95% musculoskeletal caseload. We've got um, a younger podiatrist that works over at our clinic as well. And so he and I uh, we'll also catch up and we'll, we'll spend some time mentoring uh, and, and discussing cases as well. So my face to face or my face to face in clinic week um, sees a lot of dancers, gymnasts, uh, because of my previous background, uh, and then sees a lot of uh, secondary and tertiary referral. Um, often before it's heading to surgery or before it's heading down that pathway. I have the benefit of having the sh- scheduled medicines endorsement, so I'll see a lot of um, a lot of things that that need a bit of guidance that way. Uh, and, um, and that's that would be my average week. What was it last night I had five sesamoids,, um, one shin pain, two OCDs in the talus. So that would be, that was last night. So that's, yeah, that's a pretty good representation. Um, research wise. So my research is in foot strength and, um, and heel pain, uh, produced a systematic review a number of years ago. And that was looking at whether or not oh, well, those with heel pain, sorry, those with heel pain, the strength deficit compared, or strength difference compared to those without heel pain, um, and then we're just producing at this point in time, it's under review, a Delphi study where we've got 40 uh, experts from around the world who have come together to say, look, this would be a program for a young athlete, for a strength program. This would be a strength and training program for a, you know, an overweight middle-aged man. And then this would be for um, somebody who's a bit older. So I'm really looking forward to that Delphi coming out. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, Delphi's on the scheme of things is just a basis of opinion, a lot of opinions put together, but it's nice to actually get that clinical relevance in, in into my research. Um, it's something I, I, I would, I'd love to see more clinicians involved in research and I would love yeah. to see more research that, that engages clinicians. So, um, nice to get, it'll be nice to get that out there. Uh, and then later this year, we'll, um, roll out a couple of MRI studies on foot muscles uh, and some EMG and and force production studies on on exercises at the the foot and ankle. So fingers crossed, everything goes to plan and Mm. we get it all done by the end of the year. But that's, uh, that's how I spend my, my week.
0: Yeah. That's a great balance, isn't it? Cause you are not like you haven't just gone down the channel of um, research and evidence-based, I suppose, practice. You've got that balance in the week where you are just doing what you can do on a daily basis to help the issues that come through. And now you're actually, you know, turning the page and you are doing that research um, side of things with the strengthening. Can I ask you, how did you uh, get, what fascinates, what fascinated you with to take on the study of measuring foot strength with regards to heel pain,
1: um, it's well. I was. The, it's funny. It's the Michael Rathless study. Now, I, I appreciate there's you know, that. that the, so there's a Michael Rathless study that came out. Uh, I, I'm I'm sure I was at uni it was some time ago. Let's assume ten years ago now, where they stuck everybody on this on on the rolled up towel, and they got everybody to do effectively what is a modified heel rise, and then. They got better over a a short to moderate term uh, by doing this. My so that particular study, I was there. I I just wanted to. there, There had to be more to understand. Yeah. For me, I went. Well, you can't strengthen the fascia because it's it's not a it's not a contractile tissue. So, and that was sort of the. That was the discourse that was going around at the time. Oh, I can strengthen the fashion. And that I was like, well, you can't do that. But there's got to be something in this somewhere. And then having had a background before podiatry in professional dance and owning a gym, I was like, you know what? There's, there's something in this and I haven't already in interest in it because of my, my yeah. previous life sure. um, so you, saw, you obviously saw the differences with, with
0: your dance the, as the stronger you became
1: oh yeah 100%, with, 100%. With and, and I was there for that transition of we're trying to get everyone flexible, to try. we're trying to get everyone strong Um, and the difference I was, I was always a bit bigger and bulkier than the average blokes but then because I was bigger and stronger there was things I could do they couldn't and so it just, oh, my brain just ticks off all the time. But it was it was all of those connections all the time that's great. that I suppose led me to where I was.
0: I think that's a good point though, isn't it, in our, in our practice. And I often ask the um, students or new grads who come through to my rooms, what fascinates you? What yeah. has driven you to podiatry and what fascinates you? And it's a really interesting, I ask the same question every time and it's really interesting because I, I get these answers like, oh, I'm interested in PEs. I'm fascinated with diabetes, Um, I've got a running background, I'm really interested in the running injuries or shoes or whatever it may be. But then there's a group who come through and it's like, oh, well, I didn't get the score for that course and I thought this would be okay. And those, those people are absolutely not, I have no doubt, part of the attrition rate we see in allied health within a few years. And I often ask that question because as you've just answered, it goes deep. And then I would uh, ask the listeners to actually really reflect on what fascinates them because everyone has a story and that drives you to where you are. And uh, hopefully we can touch on some of the things that people,
1: you know, have become Oh, I was going to say, you know what would be really funny, right? is like, it's a bit bit tacky. Let's get the listeners to engage with us. But you know what? Absolutely. I would be really keen to see if, I mean, what? I'm on Twitter at The Agile Foot, same on Instagram. Um, I'll have to get yours in a second. But if people reach out and go, you know what? I reckon this is where the connection lies to where I got to podiatry. So, because I reckon you get some really wacky answers. Absolutely. And it would be really great. You know what I mean?
0: Because well, and that, so,
1: that minute of self-reflection, when I started podiatry, I was like, oh, this is stinky feet. What am I doing this for? For my first year, I got into my second year and went, oh, now I see what that connection is. And perhaps some of that benefit was because I was a fraction older than some of the others. But once you recognize that connection, there is this absolute moment where you go, oh, now I get it. Now I get why I'm here. I get what this is about. And this that drives great. you though.
0: That is your driving force. 100%. 10 years. Talk about I'm not sure how long you've been. What's
1: your story, Jason? What's your well,
0: story? Well, my background was as a middle distance runner, and I was fascinated with uh, not just the injuries that we that I was having, but everyone else had. And but more than that, I was fascinated with surface uh, materials of the surfaces that we were running on, particularly athletic tracks, and the impact on um, the artificial surfaces and natural surfaces. I was just fascinated with how. Um, that would affect our biology. So materials has, and it sounds so kooky, doesn't it? Just fascinating materials. and But that has obviously changed dramatically over decades, the surfaces, the shoes, materials we use with appliances. Um, and that has continually fascinated me and the effects of materials on our biology. Um my the my interest in physiology, particularly with running training, is still something I speak of uh, every day, several times, because uh, because that often is how we stop people coming into the revolving door um, with their athletic training. So, I think materials and the physiology of training they're the two things, and it's interesting. It's not like a specific foot problem or lower limb injury that has, you know, maintained me of being fascinated over 35 years, I just, like, still get off on helping people with the cause of, you know, their problems. And the majority of these people come through um, have been poorly coached or just need to learn about how to train properly. And this yeah. is one of the things you and I will touch on is, you know, running training, running technique, um, shin pain, or whatever it may be.
1: And I suppose one a question I'm interested in is, is that, you know, w- what happens when you get that poorly coached athlete, they've done six or eight weeks of it, they bought into it. And then they come to you and they're a bit despondent, you know, and then we go, Oh, well, okay. How do we, how do we reprogram that person? So is that, and, and lift them up at the same time. So that they're back on a good path and then, and they're not just, Oh, I, I, I bought into, I bought into coaching that wasn't optimal at the time, you know? Yes. Um, uh, that, that's, I mean, that's a massive topic on its own, right? But can I come back to materials for a sec? Yes. I want to know more about this. So can, tell me about what was it, the playing, was it the running surfaces? Was it the, is, there a, is there something in particular that piqued your interest?
0: I think the changes in materials that we've seen with footwear, yeah, right. That's probably the main one I, I would say, where we saw EVA foams cut out, off sheets become blown into injection molded soles. Then polyurethane came in, and then there was combinations of um, EVA and rubber. And and looking back at all the studies and how they affected, say, like obviously in the nineties there was a huge uh, focus on shock absorption. And some of those materials were really good and some of them were terrible. But the shoe companies still followed um, their own route of of focusing on one stream of materials. Then it would change again. And we were all told that, you know, this shoe or this material is so good for you, but then the companies would do a complete backflip. And I was fascinated with how those materials affected us. Um, And getting back to the surfaces, there was a time when athletic tracks were um, made from a poured, it's almost like pouring concrete, but on top of a layer of concrete, um, the surfaces were poured um, rubber uh, surfaces, which then morphed into what they call Mondo, which is an Italian um, based. Uh, company that made athletic tracks out of sheets. So they would make these sheets of material, which would be laid down as athletic tracks. And that seemed to be really, really hard. And I was interested in that. So that actually provoked me to, you know, learn about surfaces and how they affect, you know, you, when you run.
1: How was that to run on?
0: Yeah, hard. And everyone would always talk about oh, how the surfaces are so fast. This track's faster than that track. And, Yeah, and it was. It was When it first came out, these tracks were much quicker, um, but they were certainly really hard. And I remember back in the day, you would do minimal training on those surfaces because of the hardness. But I'm still, like, really inspired to learn about it because things do change, and that's what's kept me, I I suppose, engaged with that running community of shoes, surfaces, and, as I said earlier, appliances.
1: Well, if we go back into shoes and surfaces and going faster, PBACs, Elliot Kipchoge, we're going to take, you know, we're taking what, three or four minutes off everybody's time, or three to 4% off everybody's times. We've got a 75% chance of running a PB in a New York marathon if you're running in them. Are they, yeah, this is totally a question without notice. Are they, do you think, the new Mondo? Do you think that we just don't know what the consequence of those are yet?
0: Yes, I think so for sure. Yeah, I, I think they are the new Mondo. Um, anyone who's used that sort of style of shoe with the carbon plate and the design of it, they feel amazing. Whether it's there's amazing. consequences from them, I haven't seen, I don't think, any consequences of anyone running them. Um, yeah. For the people who use it right, because those – particular shoes you're um, talking about, they should only be used for a short period of time. It's either going yeah. to be quicker running or racing, and you shouldn't have an impact of that. But they I are amazing. I had plate, plate
1: injury, roll into the clinic. She wanted to race on the weekend. We stuck her in a pair. She only ran 10Ks. She took 10 minutes off, which is outrageous, mm. with no pain. And I was blown. Yeah. I just was... I just okay. stopped her extending. But the one thing <laughs> to touch on, and again...
0: We, we will follow through with all these things that there's so many aspects to that improvement and, you know, technique is one of them. And you look at those guys who, um, like Kipchoge and all the others, technically they're amazing. They have beautiful composure within themselves as people. Um, and, but they also, and from that, they know how to dig deep. And there's a lot of other aspects which I think people just never talk about. And this is the marketing of what we're exposed to. Yeah. So, so what are we going to talk um, about next time? So I'm going to leave you with, um, leave this first session with something. Uh, in my rooms, I keep a list of bizarre stuff that happens or is said. And I'm going to finish each one of these sessions with something bizarre. And I'd love it if you could bring something as well. That's but, so good. Um, Talking about being fascinated uh, and what has driven us to podiatry and maintained us? I thought I would pull this little perler out. Um, so I, like most of us, I had the students or new grads come through. And I honestly can't remember whether this person was a student or had just graduated. I think she might have been a final year student. And I remember having someone in my rooms and she was just so hypermobile. And I just couldn't believe how lax this foot and ankle was. And I said to the person sitting in with me, why didn't you come and palpate and mobilise this foot and get a sense of, you know, the degree of mobility here? And the response was, oh, no, I don't like feet and I don't like touching them. (laughs) And I thought, oh, my God. You haven't found your fascination at all. And it may be time to get one, but certainly sort this issue out or take another uh, um, aspect of allied health that you may not have to deal with that such a problem. (laughs) Anyway. So we'll finish up here. I'm Jason Agosta. I'm a podiatrist in East Melbourne. You are? I'm
1: John Osborne. Uh, I'm a podiatrist down in Brighton.
0: Thanks for joining us, John, and we'll get back to all you podiatrists with the next session, starting with uh, practical tips on how to run your consultation.
1: Because you know what's funny is I love the wearables because it gives me so much data. Yeah, okay.